0: You're listening to audio from Kingsway Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit kingswaychurch.org.
1: Welcome to A Step Further, the weekly podcast at Kingsway Christian Church. My name is Andy Lynch, Connections Pastor here at Kingsway. Normally, I get to be the one to ask the questions, but we were in the hallway the other week here at Kingsway, and Pastor Matt said, I want to interview you and your wife sometime, and so we put an appointment on his calendar to do it. And he said, wait, are we we really doing this? Let's go. And so my wife and I, Leah and I are here and Pastor Matt, it's all you. All
0: right. It's so good to be back with all of you today. All you listening. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in week after week after week. It is my joy and my pleasure to do this. So I sent Andy and Leah a bunch of questions Said, here's the stuff I want to talk about, but let's just go where the conversation takes us. So I hope you're encouraged today. First question I have, our listeners want to know, how did the two of you
1: meet? Wow, we're jumping right in here. Yes, we are. You want to share the story, Leo?
2: Sure. So, I guess the the more detailed question is um, in person. (laughs) When did we meet in person? Um, Because the reality is, we met online. Yeah. And we met on a website called christiancafe.com, and the funny thing in the story is that we both were on a free two-week trial, and neither one of us had to pay for the services afterwards because we met in those um, two weeks. And so we talked, email, and, and at that point, that talked meant phone and email, <laughs> There were you was both no living video in Ohio at that time.: No, I was in Ohio and he was in Alaska.
1: Okay. I knew I was coming to Ohio, and so I figured, hey, let's see what's out there." And so <laughs> I literally just searched for women in Ohio, and we were just talking before the podcast and, and it was a 14-day trial. and I said, yeah, I canceled like seven days in or whatever, you know I knew. and Leah Le- Le just kind of was quiet. And I was like, "You waited till the end of the 14 days, didn't you? <laughs>
2: I did. Yes, I did. So we ended up talking that way for about five months before we met face-to-face for the first time when he moved to Ohio from Alaska. So what was it like
0: to date across states through a digital, I don't know, it was an app and, and email or you know, whatever you're sharing back and forth?
1: Yeah. I mean, in 2004, there's no video chat that did we, we have, were aware of. Did we have the internet back then? Uh, we, we had telegraph. <laughs> okay, So okay, I'd draw okay. myself and then send it to her. <laughs> It was amazing. <laughs> sounds carrier, like my carrier pigeon. It sounds like Anna is asking the questions now, doesn't <laughs> <Okay>. it, Leah? <laughs> Sorry, that's my daughter. So, I mean, we really laid a foundation because for the first three or four weeks it was just email, and then the first phone call came, and 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 really, that's. That's when I knew that she was something different because I was on my way to Juneau, Alaska. I was raising support to go on staff with athletes in action, which is a Christian sports ministry. And so you have to raise like a missionary, raise all your own financial support. And I was going on a trip still with the TV station, in Alaska with Carlos Boozer. Oh, yeah. He was, he was still with the Cavs at that point. And, And I knew he was about to sign a big contract and he could fund literally my whole mission. And we had interacted a little bit because he's from Alaskan. So I'd always get to go on the trips and do stories on Carlos. And so we had a a relationship of sorts. And and so I was really nervous. I was like, I'm going to make this big ask and he could drop a check at any point. You know, I'm thinking all these things. And Leah knew my apprehension. And she said, hey, can I call and pray with you? Mm. And at that moment, I was like okay, this is, this is something deeper. And so we prayed and, and Carlos never wrote that check. He he bought me dinner that night. It was a fish sandwich in Juno, but, <laughs> but it was okay. You know, and yeah. that moment I knew there's something different about this woman and, and someone that I could spend my life with. Okay. So Leah, where, where was the, on your end of things,
0: what was going through your mind as you, you know, you're here, you know, he's going to get this job, maybe this new thing. What's that going to mean?
2: I mean, it was, yeah, it was interesting because I was finishing up my last semester of college at that point and not quite sure I was applying for jobs all over the place. Um, everywhere from Ohio to Florida to, you know, just trying to figure out where God was going to put me as a children's pastor at a church. And... Um, so it was, yeah, we were kind of going through that. What are, what are we going to do? What is God doing? How is God moving? Um, but it was just really cool to see that develop and have honestly have that time to talk where that face-to-face communication wasn't there as a distraction Yeah. Um, to, to begin to build, to begin to build that relationship. And, you know, as I was thinking back, I mean, like for me, that thought was always close. In mind of, you know, is this something I mean, I'm in my last semester of college, so I'm you know, is this something that's going to pursue, you know, go beyond this? Is there something more to this? And it was something I thought about a lot. But for me, that one moment probably would have been Valentine's Day. Um like two weeks after we had met. And we were at his apartment and I was standing on a chair because well, when (laughs) I'm this short and he's that tall, that's the only way we're eye-level. People may not
0: know. So ballpark is here. He's
2: six seven and I'm five foot. There you go. So we're only eye level if I'm standing on a chair or he's (laughs) down on his knees. Um and so I was standing on a chair, and that was when he told me that he loved me for the first time. Wow. And so for me that was a Yep, this is it. Wow. So.
0: so how long were you guys dating before he made that big reveal?
2: We started talking in August. <clears throat> uh, August so eight yes. Eight months, give or take yes. six months. Yeah, something like, something that.
0: like okay. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Any regrets, Andy? I'm just kidding. You don't answer that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Go ahead. I, the question that that Leah's asking it was one of the other ones I put out there, which when when was the per, the moment you knew like this might be the one? So for Andy, for that was the moment she prayed with you on the phone, you're like yeah. there might be something here.
1: Yeah, there's a spiritual depth there that I was really longing for. I didn't just want um, you know, a normal American life. I've said that a lot of times that we're we're not just going to, you know, do the normal thing whatever Americans do. we're, we're doing something special. We're on mission together and mm-hmm. I, I believe that. And when she, I heard her prayer and heard her heart not just for me, but for God's kingdom I, there was something deeper than i'd ever experienced before with with another person
0: somewhere you shared a story a devotion it might have been in a sermon everybody heard so forgive me if i'm asking you to repeat yourself but there was this moment of frustration at god drive it through the snowstorm is that when it was and you were just mad at god and angry at god because
1: that was Probably a year or two before, you know, being in Alaska and and wanting to climb the ladder of broadcasting and be a big time broadcaster. And and I would literally send out back in the day VHS tapes and you'd have to send express mail from Alaska because a TV job comes open and you only have a few days to get your your stuff to them because they got to replace that person you're replacing is gone. And so they need someone in right away. And so instead of priority mail from Alaska, which takes a week to two weeks, I'd have to do express mail, 15 bucks, you know, per pop, put my VHS tape in a, in a package. And I got to know my, my mail lady at at the North Pole, Alaska post office. And she'd, she'd always take my tape and she knew what I was doing. She'd say, I hope you don't get the job. We want you to stay. And I was like, thank you, but I really want to (laughs) leave. And so all throughout that journey, three and a half years, you know, it it was hard. It was hard being alone. Alaska is a great place if you have a family or if you're from there, but when you're not, uh, you feel very alone. And that was right out of a college environment where I'm, you know, living with other guys and having fun and, you know, going to breakfast at midnight and just living the life, you know, of community, of of mm-hmm. being together. And to go from that to the literal Arctic desert of Alaska, um, I mean, God had lots of conversations about where is Leah? <laughs> where is this woman <laughs> that I, you put on my heart, God, but yeah. I haven't found her. Yeah. So,
0: this would be a philosophical question that I hadn't planned on, so I apologize. Uh, Do you believe that God chose you two for each other?
1: Yes. I will say yes as well, then. That was a smart answer (laughs) since she went first.
0: So, do you believe that God only has one person
1: chosen for you out there?
0: That's deep. (laughs)
1: In college, I certainly did. You know, we talked to Christian college kids. We talked about the one, you know, all the time. And where's the one? And once I met Leah, I didn't have to think about it again. You know, I I don't know.
0: smart answer. Yeah. You're doing quite well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You will still be married at the end of this. (laughs) That's the goal.
0: (laughs) Okay. All right. All right. All right. So what is one funny thing that your spouse says that just drives you nuts? It's kind of funny when you're talking about it. It's not so funny when they do it.
2: Who wants
1: to go first? I, th- I think Matt wants some counseling sessions with us after this. So gonna, what do gonna you gonna think I'm doing this for? I get
0: to poke at broad
1: and say, all right. <laughs> you can go first.
2: Are you, okay, so are you asking what drove me nuts or what drives me well, nuts? Yeah, either one is okay. Either one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, can there's I can do there's there's both. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, the past tense, what drove me nuts, you know, there are – When you get married, there are these things that you don't know about your husband or your wife until you're suddenly living with them. Mm -hmm. These are things that you don't find out when you're dating. And (laughs) for me, it was the first time that um, I saw him go to the refrigerator and open the door and grab a bottle of um, blue cheese dressing. And he ate it by the spoonful.
0: So he wasn't just chugging out of it. That's a step in the right direction. Thank you, Matt.
1: (laughs) So you Why literally just eat it? ranch dressing or blue no, cheese? No, sorry, cheese. blue cheese dressing. I mean, the, it's the good stuff. This is fancy like blue cheese, cheese dressing blue in the in the, yeah. in the jar, and you just take a spoon yeah. and oh, it's it's good. I feel like yeah, the I don't do that much load
0: much Ice cream would be just as comparable and right. be better, but whatever. Yeah, I don't think about that. Well, okay, he doesn't do that. So, anymore. It, <laughs> what what he made doesn't... him stop? What, did you finally say, if you want to stay married? <laughs>
2: I don't know that I ever said that, but I, know. I definitely expressed my um, disgust of it whenever he did it.
0: Yeah. He like so. kissed you right after and you're like, what Mm-mm, is yeah, no. happening right now? Nope. This is not good. Nope. Yeah, I don't know that
2: I even let him do that. So, so. Andy, it's your mm-hmm. turn
0: to get some paybacks.
1: You got one? Yeah. Well, Matt, I have a question for you. What what would <laughs> you say you go to a Mexican restaurant yeah, yeah. And, and you have chips and you have the meat on top of the chips and you have cheese and all the toppings? What would you call that?
0: Uh, nachos, but like some sort of loaded nachos or something similar. Leah, what would you call that?
2: If it's homemade, it's a taco. What? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you.
0: <laughs> so like in your house, you made tacos in a bowl with chips and just threw the meat and the we, junk on top?
2: We never had tortillas or taco shells growing up. Okay, Tacos were was a plate full of tortilla chips okay. typically crushed up yeah derek and then, is having a hard
0: time over here but he doesn't have a microphone <laughs> sorry go ahead
2: and then just the meat and the cheese and everything piled on top of it and that was a that was tacos so was this
0: quite shocking to andy the oh, first man. time when it's like hey i want to make tacos for dinner tonight and he gets really excited and then it's like what
2: he's like where's, where's the, the shelf <laughs>
0: Are we having hard They're shell right or soft here. shell? Which right. is like chips. Chips. What? Like
2: everybody else in America.
0: Were you ever shocked when you went to Taco Bell?
2: <laughs> no, because that was Taco Bell. Oh, it's different, right? Nobody does. else does it that way. It
0: my, my, uh, my, my in-laws came from a uh, Cincinnati area. They weren't from there, but they worked there. And so they make chili with oh, yeah. noodles in it. Yeah, it Skyline. doesn't taste like Skyline. It's oh, more like, no, yeah. more like the, whatever the gold star, whatever the other thing in Cincinnati oh, yeah. is, Terrible. but, but they just put noodles in it. And so like, every time we go, they'll be like, why are there noodles in the chili? Like, well, that's how you make chili. I'm like, mm-hmm. not most humans in the world make it that way, but I've actually fallen in love with it. So anyway, any others that you wanted to share, Leah, since <laughs> he, he got to go after you, did, you said you had more than one.
2: I, it was really just that he doesn't notice things. Yeah, I don't so notice He's things. not detail not detail oriented.
1: No,
0: Do you have a all. funny story? Like you ever got your hair cut or makeup done or something. That, had no that is not a
1: funny story, Matt. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I mean, just the other, just the other night we were, we were getting ready for bed and where our bed is at, like across the bed up at the top is like this, um, like a, like a, like, yeah, like a, yeah. le- a built in ledge. And he just looks at me and goes, do you ever look at the pictures that are up there? And I'm like, yeah, I do. I don't even notice they're there.
1: <laughs> no, I, I put them up there, but I I just have never, I don't look at things. Like, there's a wall in my office that's apparently blue. Yeah. No idea. Oh, that
0: is right. I came into his office the other day and it caught my attention. I turned around because it's one behind you when you yeah. walk out the door. And I'm like... That's really blue. And you were like, you said, Matt, that's been there since your assistant was in here. She's the one who painted that. And yeah. I thought, how observant am I? Well, that's true. <laughs> right? You have yeah. two peas in a body. That's why I'm we going, get along. Oh, yeah. Exactly right. Okay. Goes well for our wives. That's another podcast you and I will do without them around, Andy. Good idea. All right, all right, all right. So if you're going to do a human talent show, <laughs> We were laughing because I sent this to them ahead of time, and uh, I put four zeros in between one of the commas, and Andy caught it, and I had no clue. But anyway, if you were doing a human talent show for $1 billion, and whoever could do the funniest or weirdest talent would win, what would you be doing on stage?
1: <sighs>
0: wait, wait, wait. I'm going to change the question. Please oh, do, because I don't know. Leah, what would Andy be oh, doing on good. stage? And, Andy, what would Leah be doing on stage? <laughs> oh,
2: gosh. That's a. Uh, he didn't know how to answer that question himself. I know
1: that's why it's going to be good to see what you. I can't wait. I, I, I don't know. Leah makes really good monkey sounds. Oh, no, no, I don't. I <laughs> don't. Can we w- hear no. your monkey sounds? No. She said, "Don't bring it up because Matt will make me do it." <laughs> no, no, I would break we'll
2: poor Derek's audio
0: equipment. We'll edit it out. It won't be any <laughs> hey, Derek, ignore everything I'm saying. <laughs> You don't want to give a shot?
2: For real? Yeah, for real.
0: Just I back, sure up. Just back away from the Ready, everybody at home. <laughs> <laughs> this is happening. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> that
2: is <Poor> fantastic.
0: Derek. <laughs> Leah, he did it. He threw you under the bus. So he did. What What would he be doing on stage? <laughs>
2: I really don't know what he would be doing on stage.
0: I have no talents. Just that <laughs> is the problem.
2: I don't know. I was ready to answer my question.
0: Okay. Well, what were you going to say besides monkey? I, sound? No, <laughs> for me,
2: it would be walking on my hands.
0: You can do a, like a handstand and keep walking.
2: Yeah, yeah. I do a handstand and can walk in circles.
0: That how many circles?
2: Well, I usually just like one. The next at video the
0: time. podcast we do, Leah is going to do this for us. Andy, can you walk on your hands? Oh. <laughs>
2: We'd be in the hospital.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I tried to do a cartwheel once for my daughter when she was in gymnastics. Yeah, because Anna
2: would try and teach you how to... That would be it.
1: Oh, really? What? Attempted gymnastics. Attempted gymnastics Uh, would be my talent. Well, it is funniest. It is. Yes. (laughs) I I mean, kind of to go along with that, my talent's probably making a fool of myself. Because when I was in Alaska, I had this series called Andy's Antics. Oh, that's right. Where I would literally try... Anything. anything. And I'd be terrible at it. And people yeah. would laugh it, at one point. I don't think I've told you this, Leah. I was at a church trying to raise support and I got up and just shared and, and sat back down and a dad came up to me afterwards. He was probably 50 and he had, a, he had a son that was, I don't remember how old, maybe 12. And, and the son leaned over to him in church when I was up there and said, dad, that's the guy from Andy's antics and, 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 you know, he's excited. And so I was like, Oh, that's cool. You know? So my ego is going up and I'm like, Oh, this kid likes me. And then the dad goes on to say, when we watched you on TV the first few times, my son leaned over and said, isn't that nice that that they let someone who's kind of special, you know, get, get to do TV segments. And I was like, Oh man, thanks. I don't know if I can laugh or not. <laughs> it was hard. <laughs> it was a blow to the ego. So I'm very good at making a fool of myself. There you go. I, uh,
0: I do think we should begin a segment on Sunday mornings called Andy's Antics. Um, that would be a fun video series to make kick off the series. Because here's the reason why I ask all those questions to start. They're fun, they're light, they're relaxing, right? Let's get into some more serious uh, stuff. Now, for those of you who are still tuned in <laughs> after all of this, and, and let's get to know the couple a little deeper and see what God has done in their life and what wisdom they might have to bring to us. So if it's a premarital counseling session, I'm meeting with a young couple and I say, hey, I want to bring in Andy and Leah. They've been married now for 15 years. Very good. You you even answered. Well done, Andy. It's a,
1: bit, it's a you know, pretty big number. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They've been married 15 years and they have some wisdom to share with you. They're going to come in and just share one piece of wisdom for every married, uh, for this premarital couple out there. What's your one piece of wisdom?
2: I, I mean, the first thing that came to mind for me is just communicate mm. and know that as difficult as it can be that um, nothing's off the table. Mm. Like, communication needs to happen and it needs to be, um, complete and it needs to be, you know, that there's no hiding and yeah. that that communication is so important. And right along with that, I mean, we talked a little bit about that. It's mm-hmm. just that, uh, conversation of expectations.
1: Yeah. So, it, yeah, I, I mean, I came into marriage, you know, expecting all these things, you know, Jerry Maguire, she completes me. And so now life is good and, and we're together and she's going to uh, meet all my needs and, and, and you know, we, we took the, uh, what's it called the love languages test and, and her love language was one that fed into me and, and I could do words of encouragement for her. And I was really good at that. And then one day, like the dishwasher needed done or something. And, and, well, that's Leah's job. You know, my expectation is she does Mm -hmm. the dishwasher and I sit on the couch and watch TV. And, and so she was in there and she was upset and she's like, you know, I really need you to do some acts of service to show me that you care about me and you love me. And I looked at her, I'm like wait a second, your love language isn't allowed to change. I'm not very good at acts of service, but it does, right? I mean, we change what we need and what we can give. and, And so I've learned, I mean, we're still learning. That expectation is so big. Even a simple thing, like we're going somewhere for the evening and I would like to leave by this time. And when it gets past that time, you know, I start bristling up a little bit. And why are not we leaving? We said we'd leave at this time. And so we've gotten to the point where we're going to, to someone's house or someplace. And we say in the car ride over now, what time are we expecting to leave? And is that a hard time? Or is that, you know, whatever, whatever's going on, just so that in my own mind, I can be focused and not, you know, checking out and getting upset and all these things, because it's a simple expectation that in, in my family growing up, time was very important and you were on time. And you, when you said you were leaving, you left early. And you know, all these things that I've been raised with, mm-hmm. some good, some bad, um, I've learned to, I'm, I'm learning to adjust and it, it takes time. But but I think that's so big and, and the communication too. I mean, I, I feel like I'm a good communicator and then she'll be like, well, you never said that. <laughs> and she's <laughs> right. But in my head I did, or, you know, my, I said this, and it, to me it meant that. But it didn't mean that to Leah, and so it's so important for us to, to 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 me, it's it's that that trust. Like I think Leah has my best interest in heart, yeah. and I know the same goes the other way. And when I'm thinking about that, then little things don't blow up. But when I'm not thinking about that, little things can can get big real fast. Right.
0: Have you noticed? And part of the reason I'm asking is because I see it in Rachel and I, my wife. For those of you listening. Um, have you noticed that there are certain moments where all communication breaks down and there's like no grace and no patience for the other person's misunderstanding? Are there trigger moments? Uh, obviously there are moments. Have you noticed what is triggering those moments?
2: When we're tired mm. or when there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's easier. I, I'm not a typical um a lot of females can multitask real easily and I'm not, that's a little bit more difficult for me. And so when there's a whole lot of things going on, um, that, you know, that is a trigger for me. So.
1: I made a comment to Leah within the last couple of weeks that I think all my bad decisions in life have been made when I was tired. I mean, that really is a a driving force. You know, you hear hungry, you hear angry, you hear lonely, all those things, but, but being tired is really, really a big deal. And, for a while, sleep was such an idol to me. And part of that was because I knew I didn't need to be tired, but mm. it, it doesn't need to be an idol anymore. And so learning to sleep's not an idol, but I still need to get my rest. That's that's a big thing. And so a couple days in a row, you know, I can go without sleep. But then once that third or fourth day hits, the whole family feels it and I need to be cognizant of that. So do you differentiate between rest and sleep
0: in your, like the way you practice life, your rhythms?
1: I am not very good at rhythms, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've heard of people like this. Yeah, I, I man, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it is different for sure. But I'm not very good at, at differentiating. Like my, I would love to have a good rhythm for for life, and I'm still seeking that.
0: We'll make that appointment too, because as somebody who's not, I've had to figure it out too. So yeah, yeah. anyway, Leah, what about you? Do you differentiate between rest and sleep?
2: I would say that it, it it's difficult, but it's for me, yes. Like it's easier to, um, like I know I need mm. that downtime, and I know I need the awake, alone downtime, because mm. um, otherwise then I'm a mess. Um, the sleep is important, but I've got to be able to have also that time to mentally, um, to mentally check out or mentally just um, decompress things. Because um, if I don't, then you know, then that's when it gets tough for me.
1: And you had that just the other week where I I was at work, you had the day off and you were like, I really need to build these in. The kids are at school and I can just, you know, have that time as, as an introvert, but I was also just someone who's processing. That's, that was really good for you. Okay, so
0: I'll make this quick so I can get to the last question. I want everybody listening out there, if this is getting long, you want to get to the last question, but not everybody listening to this will be married. They could be divorced or widowed mm-hmm. or just never been. And you both spend some time single, obviously went to a digital website, to meet each other. What, a same thing as you gave wisdom for the married person, what wisdom would you have for the single person out there?
1: I
2: think for me, um, the first thing, if I could go back to myself during that season, um, would be that I would tell myself that I need to embrace the truth that um, my identity is in who God says I am, not in what the world says, not in whether or not I have a significant other, not whether I'm dating or married or have the right job, Um, because the truth is nothing gets the right to determine my identity other than God. And so going back and knowing that in those moments when you know, you wish you had the right job. You wish you were dating. You wish you had a significant other that you were married to. I mean, you, when you are in those moments, knowing that my value and my identity comes from who God says I am and not in my circumstances or anything else.
0: That's so good. How do you remind yourself of that today?
2: I have to remind myself of that all the time Um, because that is still something that, you know, that I struggle with is knowing, knowing that that, that truth, it's not that I don't know that, it's just embracing that truth. And so in order to do that, I've got to be intentional about being in the word. I've got to be intentional about, um, you know, making that time to really focus on who God says I am. And do what I can to tune out the rest of the stuff. It's hard. I mean, I don't have, you know, there's not a easy answer for that, but just really being intentional about being in God's presence. Yeah.
1: What about you, Andy? I've realized in the last year that I made relationships, I made marriage, I made sex, and Mm -hmm. really an idol that as a unpopular, sheltered Christian kid, Like that was the ideal. And once I got to that, once I got married, once I had everything. And so that was my pursuit. And I missed so much, especially college in Alaska, because that's all I was thinking about and going after. I missed relationships with people. I missed freedom. I missed really time with God. I mean, I had some because, but most of the time I was arguing with them. (laughs) You know, what's (laughs) going on, God? And, and I missed out on so much and I'd go back. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I know who I was and I, I don't know how I would get it into my head then as an 18 year old, a 20 year old, that your, your focus is so wrong. You know, I had to learn it, I guess, but it, it's hard. Cause that was my desire. That was everything I was you know, going towards and I missed out on a lot because of it. So
0: recently I've come re-engaged with a song by a guy named Rich Mullins. Probably heard of Rich Mullins. Yeah. Um, great guy. He was single uh, as far as I know, most of his life. Uh, I know people who knew rich personally, and they all say the same thing. Amazing man, truly loved God, but he had his own personal quote unquote demons. Mm-hmm. You know, and those been kind of somewhat public since he passed away from a tragic car accident, but he wrote a song called hold me Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I recently stumbled across an article and I didn't know this. It came from a battle one night and he was just wrestling in his spirit with the Lord With a sin issue and he didn't want to give in and he sat down and wrote the song and the part that stood out to me lately goes to what you're saying andy you said about battling with the lord and he said i'd rather fight you for something that i don't Mm. really want then take what you give that I need. Mm-hmm. And I've beat my head against so many walls, but now I'm falling, I'm falling on my knees. Mm-hmm. And it's such mm-hmm. a good line. I'm like cutting my grass. I'm literally singing this song, cutting my grass over the last couple of weeks. And it's just in my head. I'm like, I feel like the song is for somebody out there. I keep hearing, where am I going to tie it into a sermon? Oh, I need wow. to somewhere. So I don't know. Maybe it was for this moment, but it's just such a powerful phrase from a vulnerable person going, it's hard sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. Being a Christian's hard. All right. My last question for you. I don't know if either of you have finished the book, Goliath Must Fall. By the time this podcast gets released, uh, we will have finished the series. We'll be really close to that. Is there any particular chapter in the book that just, it just jumped out of you? It was the chapter that spoke to you the most. And what in there, either in the sermon or in the chapter, just really encouraged you, challenged you, spoke to you, and are you willing to share that with us?
1: Yeah. I mean, rejection has been something I've dealt with my entire life. And even, even in moments recently, where you know that there's been decisions made in my life that have been good decisions, but I felt rejected in them, and I have to come to the truth that I'm not rejected by God, and I'm not rejected by the people in my life. I'm not rejected by Kingsway. These are just natural rejection. I mean, today in the staff meeting, we talked about getting feedback, and it's feedback that I asked for about a, an event we had recently. And yet I was still, it was people I trust. And yet I was still taking that feedback personally. Mm. And I was like, why am I doing this? they, I asked for it. They meant it for good. It is good. It all makes sense. This has nothing to do with my character. And yet it still, you know, rears its head here and there. And, and I love what Joe Malley said in the podcast about rejection. And, and he said, you know, your job, your employer has already hired you. And your, your wife has already picked you and your kids, they love you. I mean, these things are already truths. Yeah. You don't need to prove yourself to them. Christian Crampton said the same thing. You know, he, he battles with his wife all the time and, and trying to prove himself. And she says, Christian, I'm married to you. I love you. And just living in that, that even in worldly things, even in our worldly relationships where we all fall, we all make mistakes and we all maybe have those moments where do I really, you know, choose you still the, the question that God does and rejection must fall because Jesus has died for me. Right. Yeah, that's good work. Thank you, Andy.
2: And for me, it was it was the same chapter. Mm-hmm. It was um, it was rejection at first. As I started reading through the book, the first chapter that he covers is the one on fear, and I was like, "This is it. This is it." Every time, everything it was like this was hitting home. This is because I have struggled with fear for as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. It has been something that I have wrestled with. Um, but then I got to the chapter on rejection. <laughs> 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 and yes, and that um, that was it. That that rejection, because the fear was a fear of rejection, a mm-hmm. fear of not being good enough, a fear of not meeting people's expectations. And that so that chapter really spoke to me. And honestly, that the week that that was, that you shared on, or that wasn't you, that was Brett, that that was shared on, um, I taught on rejection that week. Mm -hmm. Um, I taught middle school and I taught high school. And I've always found it interesting. um, It's not a coincidence um, that when I've stepped into a teaching role, God always has something for me Mm. in what I am sharing with others. Um, And one of the things that I really Um, wanted to drive home with the students that I was teaching was that um, we need to live like we're already accepted, not like Mm -hmm. we're still trying to be. Because the truth is God has accepted us and God has accepted me. And because of that, I don't need to fear that rejection. And I can rest in the truth that even when I screw up, even when things are difficult, when things are hard, um, even when I feel like you know the world is against me, that God is for me. Yeah. No matter what, right. always yeah. that God is for me, and so for me that was that was a really big, really big chapter for me.
0: Thank you for sharing that. I would yep. love to take both of those and probe deeper, but I don't have your permission to do that, and we're out of time. <laughs> so I hope people out there listening can hear that. Look, just because your staff, um, you see him on a stage they're not, they don't, that doesn't mean they don't have to work out their faith mm-hmm. in everyday life. And, um, I'm encouraged by your vulnerability and your transparency. Thank you. And I hope you out there listening too, may you be encouraged today, uh, to live and love the gospel. Andy's going to close us out. So I'm going to kick it over to him.
1: Thank you, Matt. This was a lot of fun and, uh, hope is it was, it was encouraging to you at home as well. Uh, next two weeks, we'll be talking with men's ministry and women's ministry, our leaders in those two areas here in the church. This is there some fun events? uh, coming up, but also just to kind of give you a a scope of where you may fit in, uh, in one of the other guys, you can only be part of men's ministry. Sorry. Uh, and ladies, you probably don't want to be a part of men's (laughs) ministry. So I don't have to tell you that, Uh, (laughs) but we look forward to uh, delving into that with you. Thanks for joining us here on a step further.